I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, people. Welcome to the No Bullshit Guide to Life with me, Bangs, in London. And me, Lamara, live from New York. Good morning, good morning. Well, it's morning on my side. Afternoon here and evening when we post this. So we're just covering all of the times. All time zones, bro. All of the times. How are are you? Good. (laughs) Wonderful. I'm blessed. I'm tired, but I'm blessed. (laughs) How are you, Bangs? Yeah, I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm good. I'm in a good place. I'm in a good zone. And, you know, life is going all right. That's what I like to hear. That is exactly what I like to hear. Yeah, man. Hey, no long thing. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Uh, all right. Okay, so my bullshit this week is Kylie Jenner has a line of lipsticks. Stop. Stop. You just, you just mentioned Voldemort. You just, or her, her family. But go on. Let me, let, me, let me let you have your thing, bro. Let me get to my point. Kylie Jenner has a line of lipsticks that she makes money, dollar dollar bills y'all, off. Kylie Jenner's lips ain't even her lips, bruv. They're not even hers. She, that's like her whole face, really. I mean, let's be real. Her whole face is not her. Like, complete transplant. When you look at before and after, you're like, that's not even the same person. But I'm going to reserve judgment on that because, hey if you're uncomfortable with your looks or whatever. I'm not against people like enhancing or whatever they want to do, but I do think you should bear some kind of resemblance to the way you were born looking, perhaps. You know what I mean? Like, how how did Kylie Jenner's friends react the day after surgery? They rocked up to her house. Hey, is Kylie here? When it's Kylie who answered the door. Hey, is Kylie here? Like, (laughs) hey, no, no, it's me. You're like, "Mm, no, because you, like... Before, you were a girl who was just like kind of plain looking with some freckles and some thin lips. Now you're like some, I don't understand it. And she was so young when she did all that to herself. But that's beside the point. The point is she makes money from a line of lipsticks. Her lips aren't even her lips. So people who are buying (laughs) these lipsticks, I have so many questions about the people who are investing in this and buying. Do you think you're going to get Kylie Jenner lips? I don't, because those are surgical. That's a surgical procedure. I just, and like... Because I work with someone who is forever trying to get her lipstick and forever trying to get her lip kit, like, and they sell out in the, they sell out quicker than gold, like, a Yeezys if they existed, people. Like, it's ridiculous. And I've never seen the frenzy to do with the um, Kardashians or the Jenners or all of them. Me either. Fake bratted people. But yeah, she's getting money, like. On one hand, like, kudos, boo-boo, you're getting your money. But of the fakery and the fuckery of the whole thing. But if that ain't just... It's it's the realest hustle. It's the realest hustle I've ever come across in my life. Like, how... It's stupid. It really is stupid. I don't... It's such bullshit. Like, but I'm... But really, I'm calling bullshit on the people who buy it because Kylie Jenner, listen, she's from... Her family are, like, the realest hustles out here in the streets. So... I, don't, I can't really blame her because 
obviously they're just going to make their money in it however they can make it but the people who are buying it i have like really have so many questions you are not going to get kylie jenner's lips from her fucking lipsticks it's a surgical procedure like (laughs) those lips are not hers i don't understand what you you call it yeah you call them bullshit and people who don't understand science then and surgery basically i'm calling bullshit on society for buying into any any source of kardashian bullshit essentially but yeah, so that's my bullshit. Do you have you don't have any bullshit this week, which is kind Well, of yeah, good. no, I don't I don't think I have any bullshit this week. I think if I if I was going to call bullshit on something you corrected me earlier in our little pre-call of uh you're tired because you're doing great things. So I don't have any bullshit. Commence with the good shit then. Yeah, I have good shit. So I'm calling good shit this week on um friendships that you can just pick up wherever you left off, no matter how many years have passed and kind of not act like everything's changed because of course things have changed but like just see your progression and talk about things and laugh um there's sometimes it can be a bit weird but I just had an instance like literally last night this morning of just catching up with a mate who I've known since a teenager weirdly enough both of our lives are now in New York and we're doing what we're doing um and call good shit on that because as a way to kind of not so much chart your progress, but see your maturity mm. um, and have connection or have a connection with someone who probably for well, every year probably is a, like a formative or formulating year in your life. But to know you so early on when you hopefully are still the person you are now, but just know when you're a teenager how you're changing and how maybe your worldview is expanding and your peer group is all in flux. For someone to know you from that time till now, I think is actually really beautiful. And then you can just sit back over a bevy and just talk about like, rah, look where we've come to where we are and definitely note how far we still have to go. So I'm calling good shit on that. Friendships that you can pick up where you left off. Um, yeah, I love that. I me. love that. I've, and I love those kind of friendships. I think it's so important to be able to have those people in your life who there's just an underlying connection that's always going to be there. There's a thread that's just kind of constant and doesn't need to be nurtured daily. It's not needy. It's just there. I have a friend who, she, and to this day, I'll call her one of my best friends. I've known her for probably the longest amount of time out of all of my friends. We may not see or speak to each other for months, but when we do, we have not skipped a beat. We just pick up where we left off. Right. And I know that if I ever needed her, one phone call, she's here. I know that. And I and I don't doubt it. And there's something about those friendships that are just kind of rooted and you know, that person's got me, I've got them for life. That's the thing. It has, it has to be rooted in something. Yes. It really has to be rooted in something. And I think like, all right, if I was to backtrack a little bit, there's, I was potentially going to call bullshit on it, but I didn't know how to do it in the right way without sounding like a hypocrite. There's some friendships in the past that just need to stay in the rascal past. Of course, yeah. There's some of them that just like, they're saying if the past comes calling, send that shit to voicemail. Some of them that aren't rooted in anything that just, for whatever reason, you, you're done with personally and you've moved on and you need to like do whatever you need to do. Don't entertain them. But when there is a bond there, when you can actually like sit and smile and laugh and reminisce and literally we were just talking about stuff that we did when we were 13, 14. And I had a moment when I went, I still have a Hotmail email address for really not anything professional, but I have it. I typed his name in and like emails popped up from 2004 and we're just sitting there laughing like, rah, 
what did we sound like over this medium? You know, um, what the hell were we talking about? How were we spelling words? And just like charting our friendship. And if it's rooted in something and you genuinely felt good about it then and you can now, like hold on to that. Like then people will, you can really count on them to like let you know how you're doing in life and just always bring you back to a happy place. It's about, there's a growth in friendships like that, that you don't, well, you do get from the everyday friendships and the people that you tap into and connect with every day. But then ones from, from your past, like they can be really, really fulfilling. So I call tremendous man a good shit on that. And if you, if you had that brethren, that time is of no big thing, give them a text or call this week. Trust me, like it, it's a nice surprise. Um, so, yeah, I call good shit on that, man. I think that's a wonderful yeah. thing to call good shit on. Gracias. And over to you. What's yours? I call good shit on an article that I read online last week uh, on Vice magazine called The Unhealthy Truth Behind Wellness and Clean Eating by Ruby yeah. Tando. I'm not going to harp on about it too much. I think you should just Google that, look it up and read it. I think it raises some really excellent points. As somebody who works within the fitness slash wellness realm it definitely raised some very interesting points for me that had me nodding in agreement to the point that my head Whoa. damn near fell off at one point <laughs> uh, uh, articles like that are really needed we need people who will cut through the bullshit and tell it from a perspective that we do not always get to hear because of mainstream media uh, and and dominant messages that try and get through no matter how unhealthy they are this was a really interesting piece to read and a really worthwhile piece to read and I think even if you think you have a handle on what you perceive your own wellness I'm using giant air mm. quotes there to be mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this is a really worthwhile piece to read just for a, a, an alternative perspective or you, you may find that it's a perspective that you completely agree with you may think it's absolute nonsense but either way I think it's a really necessary read and I think it came at a really great time in fitness wellness culture because right, right. Uh, because we're kind of at a bit of a tipping point with the whole thing at the moment so it was a really great read and i recommend it to everybody so there you go that's my good shit good good shit and good knowledge let's do this well, let's dive into it this week this week we're talking about flakiness people just not showing up when they're meant to show up or showing up and not attending after you said attending or setting a day and on the day cancelling and rescheduling or the day comes and then like the shit never happens just like the flakiness epidemic and it operates on a lot and a lot of variables but I think like Banks tell, tell them how we got to this subject because you published a really great article about accountability and support and people stay showing up with their intentions to like, if you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And then just maybe having the walls crumble a little bit and you just putting your fork in the ground and being like, Hey, bruv, hold up. Go. Yes. So I blogged about that this week because I started a group on Facebook for badass women who do cool shit. Right. And my thinking behind that was I had, been at a party and had a conversation. I met loads of people there who I hadn't seen in ages. And we kind of got to talking and said, oh man, you know, I'm keeping up with everything you're doing on social media and you're doing so great and I'm so proud of you. I just wish I saw you more in person. And I was like, that is an excellent point. I'm gonna start a group 
where we just have monthly meetings and we do something interesting together each month, be it, you know, a talk or go to some kind of cultural event or whatever it's going to be, even maybe just have a dinner once a month. I'm going to start this group and it's going to be full of like badass chicks because I know so many cool chicks who are just slaying everything in their life. Mm. And I think I've got this really great connection with a lot of women. So I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to start this group. Started the group. And my thing was, I have no interest in having a Facebook group with a shit ton of people in it who don't do anything. Uh, right. the, the entire purpose was join this group if you are about something. And mm. granted, I fully understand not everybody is going to be able to make every meetup that we have. That is life. And I fully understand it. However, I don't want you to join this group if you have no intention of ever actually doing anything with us. The whole point is to contribute, to bring something, to attend, to show up, to learn, grow, connect in person. The Facebook group itself is really just there to facilitate these meetings, right? Was the, gen- right. Was the general idea. The digital for the behind the physical. Exactly, exactly. So the first meetup happened kind of really off the cuff, very quickly. A week after I started the group, a girl was like, look, I can, I can offer you up this space. Do you want to use it? I said, cool, bam. So we had about 20 women show up to that first meet. Now, given it was short notice, I thought that that's quite a good turnout for, for the first meetup. And it was a really nice meeting. And everybody there was so positive and said, this is so great. We've needed something like this. This is so wonderful to be in this uh, group of women who have so much to bring. Second meetup happened. And, you know, you create an event page on your Facebook group and people can RSVP, which, brief side note, which I'll get into later, RSVPing used to be an actual thing that you had to do. Let me put a pin in that and I'll come back to that point. (laughs) So there's an RSVP on the group. Yes, no, maybe. So I have in the group, I have about 130 people at this point, which personally had no intention of it getting it that big at all right um so i have maybe 30 people reply yes they're going to attend this event i get about 12 to 15 who will say maybe and then nobody actually ever actually says no right so everybody else just kind of leaves it Mm -hmm. flapping in the breeze like who knows what they're doing (laughs) comes to the day of the event and you get maybe 14 to 18 people who show up. On the day of the event, excuses start to flow in on the Facebook group. Sorry, I can't, oh, I can't make it tonight for insert reason here, yes? So everybody mm-hmm. has whatever their reason is. And no shade. I am sure those reasons are completely valid, right? I don't want to minimize whatever those people are saying. Cool. You can't make it for whatever reason. So that's on the day of the event. But it still leaves, I would say... 10 or 12 people who had replied yes and just haven't shown up and haven't bothered to send a text, email, phone call, nothing to say why. And it happened. I had an event this week where that same thing happened. Okay. I arrange a speaker, I arrange a place and Mm -hmm. I, I set a date and you know, it's not about me, but I've arranged a speaker who has put, she's given me her time for free. Mm. She's put together this, really wonderful talk and it was really wonderful it took her time to do that I managed to get a space for free in London which is not easy which was basically given to me by a friend who I know who runs a bar the bar isn't even open on the day 
that we were holding this event, she gave up her time, her one night of a week to open the bar up for us so that we could use it. And she stayed for the event. You know, she had no reason to do that other than she just wants to help to contribute to this group. And that is someone whose time I appreciate because she's about that life and she does what she says she's going to do. It's kind of stressful figuring out when you're going to have it, a day that's going to suit people, where you're going to hold it, what yeah. the event's going to be about. I put thought and time and effort into that. There's no consideration for that these days. So this week I held that event. Same thing happened again where 30 odd people said they were going to come. And I think it was maybe 14 showed up. And listen, it was a great 14 people. And it was actually an excellent event. And I think it actually kind of benefited having it as a smaller group. To a be smaller honest. group. You know, it did right. actually benefit the event. And it was great. And everybody who came raved about it and said how much they got from it. So in that sense, total win. But where were the people who said they were going to come? And I, fair enough, again, same thing, got loads of texts and whatever from people saying they couldn't make it. People flooded the Facebook page saying, mm, sorry, forgot about this, forgot about that, whatever the, the reasoning was, which I'm not knocking it. I'm sure those reasons were valid. It just kind of left me thinking, actually, what I've started this group for, which is in-person connection and showing up and being about something and women supporting women in person, making connections, six degrees of separation. Mm, yeah, in it, doing it. Actually, for all the rah-rah sisterhood cheerleading that I got when I started the group, people actually don't want that at all. That's not the culture no. we live in now. We live in a culture where it's very easy to just sit back and be really passive and just like a post on Facebook and feel like you were there and you're cool by association because you kind of saw it happening online and you didn't have to give enough of a shit to get out of your house, get on the tube and go to that event. Then you're about something. Sitting back and just liking it on Facebook really doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? It, it's really very passive. You haven't actively contributed anything to that situation. And it's so easy in today's culture to do that. It's so easy in today's culture to not have to RSVP, to just send a text and not feel guilty about the fact that you've let someone down. That's what my blog post was about, was just yeah. generally, it, it kind of ended up being about that particular event. But in general, I just think as a society, as a culture, we've moved into this era where it's perfectly acceptable to let someone down because we have all this technology at our fingertips where really we can be at the event without being at the event. We don't have to pick up the phone and call someone now and go through that awkward thing of like trying to stumble over and fumble, trying to find an excuse and, and verbalize that because we can just send a text or a quick email or put a little post on Facebook and feel the relief of like, oh, I've got out of it. I don't have to go rather than having to actually back up what you said you were going to do. Well, so, there's that. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was letting that run its, its full course. Um, because if you haven't read her piece, you really should. We talk a lot about accountability, right? Showing up and being present. But it's, there's another bit of this, which is, isn't even just the like or the acknowledgement through social media that even though I wasn't there, I'm still showing support and... I'm here for whatever reason. What I'm experiencing, without the digital, people could just be, expect you to be there the next time. So there's this assumption that because I flaked this time, oh, we can set this up tomorrow or next week, or you're continually going to have that door open for when 
you can finally get your stuff together and then we can meet. I think there is a flakiness epidemic. How I'm experiencing it since living here, it's so fucking easy to do. Yes. It's incredibly easy to like not note something, to forget that you have this date or this appointment, to rearrange something for 50 times and pull out at the last second. The conversation I had with a colleague this week was basically like, I'll caveat this by saying like, when I moved to New York, I didn't move here thinking there'd be a utopia and my life would instantly get better because there's a reality of what I do every day and of what comes with living in a city. And making new friends, right? And of building up a certain type of relationship with someone where you can have that check-in moment, where we are not flaking of each other, where we have a lot of this time to connect uh, and talk and do something. That is so fucking hard to do in this city in particular that I've found since moving to New York. You could say it's true of any major city. But I was basically sitting there over dinner with my colleague and she was like, people... She's like, you know why people cancel on you? Because people don't think you're a priority. People move here to this city to work, to be successful, to get onto the next thing. They have little, little time for interpersonal connection, which, to go back to your point, makes it all the more worthwhile and why we need it so much more. But there's something here which I've experienced, like, flakiness is the default, mate. Like... I've arranged coffee with someone for like the fifth time in one week and it just still hasn't happened. Or they seem to forget and hit me up. I'm like, yo, are you ready? You down for tonight? You know what? Yeah, I really can't. And I've been that person for whatever reason. It's, I think then just a way of noting how time, not so much time, society is changing with how little time we do get to connect with people in real life. That's why when you can, you should, and it matters. But the hustle and literally bustle and how fluid time is here and how fast it moves and where everyone is and how we're not accountable to each other and how your plans can be created on a day and then like end on one day is what I'm learning about New York life. And I was basically sitting there with my work colleagues. She's like, look, people don't move here to make friends and it's really hard to have relationships. And we were talking about how lonely the city can be and how, you know, she was just in this, in she used the word solitude. I was like in personal solitude and confinement for a while because no one could keep a date. And then you become insular and then you fall in yourself. And it's bad and it's really not how shit should be. But I'm saying this to say, like, I've, I see it. I see it daily that we have a fatigue and a flakiness epidemic and we're falling out of habits of being accountable to others and showing up and being present and keeping your promise and your word. You said like at the beginning, like back in the day, people had to RSVP. I remember having birthday parties when I was seven, eight, nine years old. And you had to tear the little <laughs> slip off the end of the invitation. Bruv, I love those days. I wish those were still around. I might bring those back. I might bring those back because nothing was more guaranteed. Shame on you if you're going to mess with my mother's catering arrangements, mm, um, Danny and Sarah, yes. okay, by saying you're going to come. And Danny and Sarah better be really ill to miss out on all this McDonald's or Marks and Spencer's food that my mum just bought for this party. But we used to have to, like, tear off the Ross Clark piece of paper and have an RSVP, like... 
Now, what are you doing? Like, in the 50 text messages you get a day, bam, 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 bam. Unless you're saving that in your iCloud, you really, really forget. I think we've fallen out, sadly, of that level of accountability and what it means to honour a moment or that person by showing up and being president. President, by showing up and being present, it's extremely easy to flake these days without feeling guilty. Sometimes I do, like, shit, Lamara, do it. And I think for me, it actually comes from a position of, I know when I don't want to be around people. I know when I can be like Lona Lamara and just want to have time to myself and really am fed up of small talk and I know when Listen, I can turn down that's experience. me the majority of my life, that quite is frankly. Li- that literally is me the majority of my life. life. But there's also something like for, again, showing up and being present. But I, I've shocked myself in the last couple of weeks for, to a certain extent, the amount of things I've said yes to. Mm. That's another rule that someone told me moving to the city. Say yes to everything. Inside Lamar's like... I said yes to everything. Are you mad? Me tired. Like I got shit to do. You have to be realistic as well. I don't think it's realistic to say yes to everything. Exactly. You if know? it's if it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. But there's something about when you say yes or when you agree to go to something or when someone is relying on you to be there, you're opening yourself up to experience that you would have never had. But you're also making someone else really happy. Or they can then acknowledge that your presence, by the fact that you were there and you showed up and you weren't a fucking flake, that that meant the world to them. You have to commit. And I think we have a problem with committing these days. Right? Completely. We have a problem with committing to ourselves and to others. And I think we've got to this point then where it's just big shrug shoulders it doesn't really mean anything it doesn't matter we can rearrange this not understanding with your very specific example the level of effort time the reliability and um grace of others to make this thing happen and i think if we started to think about it more than just that person who's cool and be like you know what we can rearrange, but think about it as if it was like a big fucking major production and all these little pieces have to come together so we can just meet at this coffee shop for an hour and have something happen. If we started to think about it outside of ourselves, I think our mindsets and our attitudes would change. We're like, we actually need to show up because it's bigger than me. Of all the things that when we talked about, about how you build your squad bangs previously and how liking something on social media is definitely not liking something in real life, and how we need to be moving towards more physical physical, sorry, and tangible connections with people. Show the fuck up when you can. Like, you have to. For the personal benefit you'll feel by the experience that could be new to you and that you encounter, and for the joy it will bring to someone to know you actually were there for them in that moment. It's city living in general. I think it's the same with I think it's the same with London. I think any major city it's it's a hustle and bustle it's there's a million events every day it's trying to balance you know your work and your home life and especially cities like london new york that are big there's an travel is an intense thing all of these are factors and i'm not dismissing them but i do think you know when you live in a smaller city or a town people make plans and they just do it it's not there's right. it's uncomplicated but the the logistics when you're in a big city of 
you know, working something around your work hours and are you working that day and what time do you finish and can I get from this side of town to that side of town to actually make it on time to the event or blah, blah, you know. I understand that logistically there is more when you're living in a city, but I do think also some of it comes down to this just being the culture. Let me use Tinder, for example, right? Hey, swipe right, bro, swipe right. To bring it back around, I think some of it is you know, there may be a better option. So I'm not going to commit because there may be a better option, right? So you can just, you can just, I I was having a conversation with a couple of friends today and someone was saying a friend of hers was on a Tinder date and a guy was on Tinder while he was on this date. Don't lie. Swear to God. And she didn't leave, but you know, bygones. But (laughs) classic example, classic example to be on a date but still swiping on Tinder because there may be another option that I'm more attracted to or that I yeah. more might be and more invested in or that be, might be slightly better than this one. And I think people have that same attitude towards events, people, <laughs> places, committing to something. Something, something slightly better again, might come along. Again, another facet of city life. The limitlessness of New York and what it presents there's always going to be something better for me to do. I think also, bringing it back to your example, if this shit was made in advance, your flakiness is kind of unacceptable. Completely. There's something about the impromptuness of it, of like, are you free tonight? Do you know what, yeah? I'm not like, okay, cool, no worries. I had this event I wanted you to come to, or do you want to meet up for a drink? But when you've scheduled it in, yeah, and the man's giving you like a week's notice, a two weeks notice, this is probably the second time we've arranged it, is it not on the forefront of your mind that, like, can't flake again? There's something about it being in advance rather than impromptu that I think it probably hurts me more when, like, the flaking is, like, we've planned this for a month and it's still not going to happen, you know? Yeah, and that, uh, that just is ridiculous to me. And also, what are you flaking for? There were people who cancelled because, oh, actually, I have to work late tonight. Yeah. So I've been in a nine-to-five before, and if I had plans on that evening and I was asked to work late, I would say, I'm sorry, I have plans tonight. I can't cancel them. I would not work late because the reality is your job is your job. If you were to leave your job tomorrow, they replace you. It ain't that Mm. serious. You know what I mean? That's a whole other topic in and to itself. But you can try and put in all the overtime you want to put in. And reality is when you retire, you retire, innit? Like, it is what it is. But... These connections that you could be making in person with real people, that connection could lead to an excellent job for you. Maybe you might have met someone at that event who would have elevated your career to the next level. If you've made a commitment, you stick to it. And I know that's sometimes easier said than done, but I think... Everything is, everything is. But I think it just, you're holding yourself, you're showing respect for the other person and you're holding yourself to a higher accountability that you're not going to be that person that's a flake. Like, great example used there. I remember in my past job when, like, 5.30 used to roll around and I knew I had to be at your spin class for 6.15, not thinking anything more grandiose than just the endorphins I was going to experience with you. And people looking at me sideways like, where are you going? Nah, I've got somewhere to be because I need to have this for me. Like, I'm not going to flake on that commitment to you, but also myself. But also, I think- my contracted hours are done, bruv. I'm not... <laughs> 
I am not obliged to stay here, literally. You cannot hold me captive and make that, me that's work That's a whole nother topic. You've got to fucking commit, man. You really, really, really have to. And I think we've just made it so much easier not to or to forget. And what it is about the forgetting that then kind of pulls up. Well, like, if you're just forgetting me so simply, like, am I important to you? Am I that forgettable? I always use this moment as well, not for a chance to berate, but to check in. Like, if your mate has missed something over and over again, like, is that person okay? Because, again, there's, there's two sides to this coin. Like, why are you missing that? Is there something about you don't want to be in this space? Are you okay? Do you want more one-on-one time? Do you not want me in a group setting? Because uh, I flaked on someone the other day, like, a, a drink turned into, like, come to a party. And, okay, I'm saying about the experience, but, like, no, I didn't make that arrangement. I made that arrangement with you because I wanted to chat to you about something, and now you're just, like, that doesn't work for me. So I'm I'm not a part of that. I'm not a part of that. Because we need to remember how to honour relationships and people better. Bringing it back to what I was saying about it being a kind of a big city thing, and you kind of touched on it before as well, with the, your colleague who bizarrely said nobody moves to New York to make friends and I could call an entire load of bullshit on that but whatever I think you know if you're going to move anywhere and think that you're going to cut your life off of friendships that's a very bizarre outlook on life to begin with friendship, friendships and relationships which I think is another interesting but probably another topic but carry on yeah it, when you're in larger cities most people at this point who live in those larger cities probably moved to said city they weren't born there. So I'm, I'm a London transplant. I was not born here. I'm away from my family a lot. I get to go back to Leeds once every few months, yeah? I don't have family here. I don't have my longest old-time friends here. I'm out here on my own. I'm an introvert. I am very isolated. I absolutely can literally go for very long periods of time without seeing or speaking to anybody and be fine with it, right? That's who I am as a person. However, as a human, I am aware that I need human interaction. I think it's important to reach out, to be in person, to connect. And that's part of the reason why I created that group also is because you've you've got to be the change you want to see. And I noticed in me precisely that reason I was going for really long periods of time without seeing people or speaking to people and becoming more and more isolated. And absolutely, I have friends here and I have people who want to connect with me and I have people who are reaching out. And again, I'm not going to write myself off and say that I have not been a flake in the past. I absolutely have. But I think I wanted to create that group to be like, okay, actually, I can sit back and be pissed off about when I'm not invited to certain events or I can start actively engaging more. And for me the way to break that cycle was to be the person who was doing the organizing. Because I can't flake Mm -hmm. out on my own shit. You know what I mean? If I've organized it, I have to show up and I have to be there. So for me, it was being part of the change you want to see, but also understanding as a London transplant that there are a lot of other women I know in the city who are not from here and who don't have those family connections. It's different. If you're from London and you lived here your whole life and you have your family just down the road and they're looking out for you and protecting you and you always have that that safety net of family, it's different. I don't have that here. 
I have a safety net of family, don't get me wrong. My family are incredible, but they're just a, a distance away from me. So I think it's different for people who are not from the city as for you, uh, same thing in New York, right? Your family is miles and miles away and it's important to have connections. You've got to build a network of people who are there for you and who've got you and who you can just... It might just, it doesn't even always have to be that deep. It might just be going for a drink with someone. You don't have to get into, you know, your whole life history. It could just be someone who actually, me and this person like bowling. So we'll go bowling once a month together. It doesn't have to be that deep, you know, but in-person connections are really important. And I think it's, for me, along with flakiness, I think at this point, we can't even really discuss flakiness without discussing how the the rise in technology and social media etc has yeah. has directly correlates with how much more often people are flaky now because it's we've made it that much easier to be so through technology well, we've just we made it easier to state your attention to opt in to opt out like what's the what's, what's the facebook thing interested <laughs> maybe no or going it's completely non-committal the whole thing is built around being non-committal to something whereas like to my parents it's like you're there you're there like you're there or you're there there's no if buts or maybes like are you going to be there or you're not going to be there yeah it's really that simple it's massively important to start building your tribe and your community um and all the ways you want to go about doing that i think when i first i was saying to my mate last night (laughs) <laughs> you know this bang like when I used to call you boiling I want to come home <laughs> and you were like go out there make some friends do something and get out the house I was like no no don't want to be here real talk like I was that person and I probably still could be that person um partly a lot let me just blame it on mother nature and how the weather was shit and just wasn't making me feel like I wanted to entertain with the world like questioning my decisions, but massively not having found a group of people or um, an activity or something to to engage in, but something where I was accountable for being there. Now, since like the beginning of the year, like on the weekends, I, I go to the gym, I go to boxing class and I do circuit training. I took two sessions out, right? I went on, on holiday the other month. Both my instructors came up to the beginning of the session was like, where were you? Where have you been? Oh, I was on holiday. Okay. For, like, you seemed like you were gone for a long time. There's me thinking, I'm just in this class, like, low-key at the back, skimping out on doing a two-minute plank, real talk, I do that. Or, like, you know, when the boxing instructor's like, Hit it five times, I just hit it four times. Like, I feel like I'm not making an impact or I'm not pre- I'm present but not present in the space. Mm. But they noticed I was gone. There's something about that in like opening yourself up, finding something which you can commit to which someone's then looking out for you. Like, where were you? Yeah. You know? Which made me really feel valued in this city. You know, I'm not gonna say like I, I do have family here. I've had I have friends here from like past times I've been in America and I've made some new ones but that was like a huge light bulb and hug at the same time of like raw my two fitness instructors who see tons of people were like where were you 
you know that's deep and that, i think when you're when you're in a city by yourself and i know from when i lived in new york having yeah. those kind of moments can really just hit you in your solar plexus you know what i mean where you're like you have a day where you're feeling alone and like i don't know what i'm doing here or you know yeah. having exactly that you think oh, i've made no impact here i've got no connections but having someone who you would never think would be looking out for you yeah, simply just asking simply just asking where have you been you know, I miss seeing your face. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. It has a massive impact, you know, and you don't know how important those moments are to people. And so every time, if you're the kind of person who flakes out on people a lot, every time you flake out, you're chipping away a little bit more at that person you're flaking on. Depending on the event, but like, yeah, trust, then it becomes an issue. Trust does become an issue. And I think there's something I opened with saying like, there's the beauty of friendships which are rooted in something which you can pick up wherever at whatever time and y'all are good, right? And you're just... But there's moments also, like, the negative of that is there's also those times where I hate when I haven't, to a certain extent, seen a mate and we rehash old shit, mm. you know? There's something about those conversations where they're so formulaic like, I was talking to my mate last night. We always go back to our youth because those were, like, carefree, amazing days. And then we talked. I, I saw him in the summer. Then I saw him at the beginning of this year. And then we're talking about, like, where we're going in the next, how we're going to finish at the end of the year. And amazing stories from our childhood. There's some friends, though, where, like, maybe not ma no matter how long you've known them, but you just rehash the same fucking shit, which drives me nuts. We're not keeping in good, good communication with another enough. Like, we don't, I then don't trust our friendship that much. Or I don't, it's something which leaves me empty after those types of interactions of, how are you? How's work? How's your relationship? Oh, no. Okay, then, then that. What have you done? Cool. See you. Oh, let's try and do this in a month. Then the two months pass. Yeah, then three yeah. months pass. Then four yeah. months pass. And then when I see you again, we were going over the same stuff. I then believe, like, you make time for people who you want to make time for. There's something in that and as well as the trust which you give to people that if you want this friendship to work and through the information that we're sharing that it just takes a bit more, we've got to keep this going. This is not something that we can drop <laughs> with yeah. all this shit that we're talking about and all this deep stuff and how we should be checking in with each other. I'm not begrudging anyone the busyness of their life. I'm not saying it's tip-top shit easy to just meet all the friends that you want to meet and have enough energy for you to give into you and give into all the things that you've got to do but we do have to build trust and accountability more we have to be present more with the people that matter when it matters you know I would add to that by say, saying I don't have time is a bit of a bullshit phrase everybody has time you make time when make things time. When things are important to you, you make time, right? Everybody has the same amount of time in a day. You are going to allot time to the things that are important to you. So I would rather somebody say to me, you know, that's not important to me right now. That can't be a priority for me right now because I have these other things going on. But you do have time. You're just allotting your time differently, right? So yeah. for me, I know what is a priority for me. I know the yeah. things that I am absolutely going to make time for. There are certain things that I have no interest in that I'm not going to carve out a part of my day for that because I'm not interested in it. So 
I think it's just a case of being honest about that. You know, busyness is bullshit. Busyness is bullshit. And I can talk about that till the cows come home. You, Ooh, interesting. you create the day you want for yourself. You do with your time what you want to do with your time, right? That's a whole other podcast about busyness, but that's a, it's, mm. beca- it's become a, a bragging right to talk about how busy we are. I'm so busy. I'm so this. I've made a point of trying to stop saying that because I'm not busy. I'm doing everything in the time that it should yeah. be done in. And That's I have time, right? Actually, you know, it's it's a bragging right to say, "Oh, I'm so busy." Like I just, I don't have time. I'm so busy. It's bullshit. Then you need to reassess your life. Then, if you're that busy that you don't have time to call your parents, if you're that busy that you don't have time for that drink with mm. a friend who's been trying to meet up with you and is probably trying to meet up with you because something's wrong and they need to talk and you're not being present and aware and understanding that they're Mm. reaching out to you because they need you. If you're just giving it all the busyness talk because it sounds good to say that you're busy, you're not busy. If you're, listen, if you've got Netflix, you ain't busy, babes. You ain't busy. You know what I mean? If you've got time to sit around and binge watch shit, you ain't busy, right? And I binge watch stuff. I'm not busy. My life is, and I've made it that way. That's a conscious effort on my part. I don't want to be busy. I want to have time to do the things that I want to do in my life. I, my life is full, but is it, and I absolutely do have times where I legitimately am quite busy and have many things on, but I'm past the point where I take on more than I know I can handle because I don't want that's, to. That's interesting. That's really interesting. But that's a whole other that's, podcast. You know what? Let's yeah, not even touch it, on that. Not, that's I'm, a whole I'll other put thing. And yeah. come back to that one. Yeah. Tune in next week, folks. But there's something there, I think, in we all have 24 hours in the day, right? Then it becomes a question of who or what you give your time to. Exactly. It's just prioritizing. That's all it comes it, down it, to. It's just prioritizing. It and if you made a commitment to do something, you go do it. Life really is as easy or as complicated as you want to make it. The whole busyness thing. Uh, some, sometimes I always err for the more complicated. Right, but that's like, and, and people do. That's it. Sometimes people do. Sometimes I do, right? It's what it is. But that's what I mean about the busyness thing. Like, things are as easy or as complicated as you want to make it. If you want a ton of excuses, then you're going to talk about how busy you are. You're going to make your life complicated because you need to make excuses for why you're not handling your personal health or whatever it might be. Then you've got all this excuses about how complicated and busy your life is because it's an avoidance tactic right of like actually dealing with the realness of your life there's there's something in there though of like thinking of when that's been used or when I've said that and how we started was to be present to learn to grow and connect to turn things away from being digital and to make them more physical right you can still check in with your brethren. I think that's massively overlooked, right? We have 24 hours in the same day. You may be busy. Like, you may be doing 20 million fucking things and trying to juggle 10 plates all at the same time. Check the fuck in with your friends. Being here, I'm, I'm battling a time zone. When I'm asleep, everyone's awake. When I'm awake, everyone's asleep, right? And I've missed moments and opportunities to talk to people then they're like how you doing like, I'm busy you're doing this you're doing that it's cool but hey 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 I picked up my phone the only method of communication I have like when it's time zone shit and I've just fired off like 10 texts like 
bruv, just checking in. I know you've been doing your thing, I've been doing my thing, but like, just want to know you're all good. You can still do that. And I think when we say we're busy and when we miss out on events, like, people think the moment to then not check in is, is missed without relying on uh, your phone too much. It's like, yeah, still send them a text, shoot them a text. Give them a phone call even if, even if you can't be there with them, like still check in with them because that still honours their time and what you maybe were going to talk about and that moment in which you were going to check in if you can't be there. And I think p- people forget that in the absence of that, it's either we check in and we meet is everything or it doesn't happen at all. And also, as I want to end on this, like I have a mate who every Friday we on each other and we're committed to and we respect each other's time enough to meet for breakfast every Friday morning and catch up. And that's done me the world of good personally. It involves me starting my day a bit earlier. And this is the thing, like you can make time to make these things happen. That's the point. You can make time to make these things happen. If for whatever reason, like I really don't want to lose a connection with this mate. I need this to kickstart my Friday um, and to recap over my over my week at work. And that person's time to, to me is important as theirs is and vice versa, right? You can carve out sections of your day, whether it's that text, which takes 10 minutes and it turns into be an essay, whereas you come home from night, um, from work at night and you sit there at your computer and you write that email or you start your day a little bit earlier to go and have breakfast or a cuppa or you finish your day a little bit later. Like, we can be better at being more committed to people that we care about and showing up and being present and giving a shit. Yeah, just to echo that, as I said, you make time for the things that are important to you. When it comes to being flaky, by not going to the certain event or whatever it is that you committed to, think of the missed opportunity. And I think to kind of counteract this point that we're at in the culture, we all have to learn to call bullshit on ourselves. It's something that I'm Mm. learning to do better. Like, you know what, I know when I just want to revert back to being an introvert and and just, I know when I'm trying to cheat myself out of something and I know when I'm saying I'm tired when actually I do have the energy to go. I think we have to learn to call call bullshit on ourselves and our excuses and actually just deep dive into it and take a chance. You know, you go into that event, you might learn something, you might meet someone, anything could happen that broadens your horizons a little bit, makes you better as a person or alternatively you might just have fun you know what I mean like not everything has to be that deep you might actually just have yourself a good old time and that evening whether you realize it or not has benefited you in some way some and and alternatively you may get nothing from it but you're not going to know if you just continually keep flaking and shutting yourself off from these things so that's my view on flakiness just deep dive into it and just go and do the thing that you said you were going to do period mic drop Yes. Um, what is your quote? Good words. What wise words? What are we saying? Wise words to li- words to live by. There we go. We got that. <laughs> Oof, Lord. Sorry. Mine this week bangs. Skepta has an album called Konnichiwa, and on it he's enlisted um, a chorus, and then a very great outro by two grime legends. Should I say? fellow North London rapper by the name of Chipmunk. I do not know his real name. I'm just going to call him Chipmunk. 
everyone should know who I'm talking about. But on this outro, which is just like one of the greatest song outros I've ever heard, man like Chipmunk, and these are my these are my words of wisdom. He says in a phone call to Skepta, very much like how our phone calls started, and sometimes our phone calls are bad. So I'm like, I need I need the energy, bruv. Like hit me with it. My man says, like superpowers, fam, supercharged bro. Superpowers, fam, supercharged bro. That's the whole mission. He, that That is it. That is your words of wisdom to live by. Be supercharged and have those superpowers to go out, drop kick your day, your week, your month, whatever. Like, if anyone or everyone spoke to me how Chipmunk did Skepta in this outro, like... I'm I'm all here for it. Maybe just fucking listen to the outro and then feel inspired and motivated to go out and do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Like that that's my words of wisdom. I like it. I'm about to supercharge superpower myself. Superpowers, fam. Superpowers. I like it. Uh my words to live by this week are not everything is your business. Oh <laughs> yeah. Those are words to live by. I'm grabbing my chest. I learned that the hard way this week. I'm not going to go into the particular situation, but I inserted myself into a situation with a friend because I was concerned about said friend and ended up upsetting this friend in the process by bringing up something that perhaps I shouldn't have brought up, that I was concerned about, that perhaps she wasn't concerned about. And I think... It was not my place to do that. It was not my business. And I think um, we are cool now. We have talked about it. And I think she she definitely understands that what I was trying to do was coming, it was coming from a good place. Um, and it was well-intentioned. But I think I really had to kind of sit back and check myself after that and think, actually, that was not my business. And I had no mm. business saying that to my friend and uh, unintentionally upsetting my friend. And I've been on the receiving end of those situations myself sometimes where I think that's not your business and you don't need to insert yourself into that. Uh, and I think that we would all do well to remember that at times. Sometimes we think we're, we've got really good intentions and we're coming from a good place uh, and, and we very well may be. But th- those words that you want to share with that person may not be relevant, may not want or need to be heard by that person and I think you just have to be cool with that you know what I mean like we just have to be cool with the fact that you know what maybe we might think a certain thing about a situation but that might not be the reality for whoever's living it and we just have to be cool with it it may not be our business and you just sometimes just shut your mouth in it just shut your mouth keep your opinion to yourself and it's cool just sit with it and just know that if whatever it is that you're concerned about, whatever you want to speak to that friend mm. about, if it is a situation, just trust that if it, it really is a situation for them, hopefully they will feel comfortable confiding in you at some point. In the meantime, shut your mouth. It's not your business. Those are my words of wisdom for this week. <laughs> so, I yeah. Could, yeah, clutch his pearls. Oh, Okay. So, yeah, and, and I, I say that on a, it's no shade. It's very, like, with love. You know what I mean? I think that we could all do well to remember, listen, not everything's your business, isn't it, fam? You know what I mean? Like, it's all right to, to not 
voice your opinion on certain shit to certain people. It's all right to actually just keep your mouth shut. Um, so, and that's, I, I'm saying that very, in a very well-intentioned way to whoever may need to hear it. So on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me all the jokes. I swear, I swear, I swear. Anyway, moving on, follow us on Twitter at No BS Guide to Life, website nobsguidetolife.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and everything else. My website is bangsinabun.com. My Twitter and everything else is at bangsinabun. Lamara, tell the people where they can follow you. They, they, can, they can follow me on Twitter at lemel underscore P. They can send fan mail the old-fashioned way by carrier efficient. No, I'm joking. Um, also, I wish we did have a P.O. box because that'd be interesting. RSVP me like all the kids in my primary school used to do. But Tear yeah, you can tweet. Slip. Tear off the slip Tear and send it to us, innit? Right? Um, just tweet me, man. I'm around. I'm around. Um, I hope everyone has a great week and no one flakes on you and you don't flake on someone. Let it not be the week that we flake. How about that? You know? Yes, right on. Just let it not be that week. I don't give a shit what you do the following week. Just not this week. Yeah, like, don't try it. this week. Just try um, it. But yeah. Yes, We're people. About. We'll be back next week. Till next as week. As always. Have a good one. Later. Bye. Later, later. <laughs>